Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. We're in a series that, uh, man, I have been really just in my own personal life and in my own heart in the last few weeks. It's just in preparation for everything that we're learning. God has just been stirring a lot in my own heart, and I'm really excited about today's message. I think it's going to be something that's going to be very, very helpful. I think it's going to be super practical. And uh, we're doing something that we started a couple of weeks ago called Dream Builder. And we're really just learning how to live the life that we've always wanted. And I'm sure deep down in all of us, there's a goal, there's a dream, there is a desire. Maybe there's just something in terms of a positive change that you want to bring about in your life. Or maybe the atmosphere of your family, or maybe in your marriage, or maybe just in relationships in general. Maybe it's just something that you've been stewing and stirring for quite some time. Maybe just thinking about, praying about, and maybe you haven't taken that step to move forward to pursue whatever it is that you feel God leading you to to pursue. And we all have those things, and that's the reason why we're learning the importance of understanding God's dream for our life. And last week, we learned the difference between our dream and ultimately God's dream. And we talked about the six phases of faith during week one because our dreams and our faith work hand in hand. But today we're going to be making a very important decision, and it is the decision that we must all make at some point to put our dreams into action. Never forget, over 22 years ago to be exact, I did something, I acted upon a dream that I had had, never honestly thought I would ever get around to doing it until a friend of mine actually dared me to do it. And you know how that goes when somebody dares you to do something. It's kind of like that, that little competition, that competitive spirit wells up inside. And you think, okay, I'm going to do it just to prove you, you know, wrong, that I can do it. Well, what that dream was, you ready for this? And this is crazy, radical, and some of you even think this might even be stupid. But at the end of the day, I had a dream to literally go skydiving, to jump out of a plane. Anybody ever been skydiving before? Isn't that amazing? You can jump out of an airplane for no reason. Like it's perfectly, you know, there's no emergency situation. You just jump out for the fun of it. Well, that's exactly what I decided to do and uh, actually caught it on video. Would you guys like to see it? All right. This little flashback 22 years ago. Check this out. How are you doing, man? Doing good. How's the fear factor? Man, it's it's factoring some fear. (laughs) He can't take care of you. Yeah. If you didn't have a little bit of fear, I'd say you're an idiot. Yeah. So that means you're pretty normal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the I'm scary. Normal, believe me. The scary ones. Oh, I ain't afraid at all. Uh-huh. Well, maybe you should be. What's your name? Rodney Gage. Rodney. Yeah, this is, is your first the, uh, jump, Rodney. First jump. Cool, man. We are uh, in for the thrill of a lifetime. You got it. That's the deal. So you're a minister? Yeah. Well, then you should be just fine. We should be. We should do just fine. Near my God to thee. Here we go. That's right, man. 
So if you ever wondered what happened to my hair, that explains it right there. It all fell out. Well, as you can see, that was a jump of a lifetime. And uh, again, when you think about a dream, some might associate that as not necessarily a dream. That's insanity. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's crazy. But I live to tell about it. I can at least say that. You know, when you think about a dream, when you think about something that you have in your heart, you know, dreams are just that. Think about it for a moment. We can have a desire, we can have really a, a goal to want to have a better marriage. We can have a desire or maybe a dream to have a completely different family environment, a different home than perhaps the dysfunctional home or hostile environment that we grew up in as a kid. You know, it could be a dream to you know, improve the overall health and quality of your life. I mean, fill in the blank. It could be literally anything. I can tell you this. Anytime we have a desire to move forward with our life, to pursue something good, something positive, something that has a genuine motivation to make a difference in the lives of other people, to experience the greater good, to somehow, some way, give God glory and to glorify Him in the process, I promise you, many of us can think of all kinds of things that we desire to see become a reality in our lives. But I will tell you this, those are all just dreams. Those are all just aspirations. Those can all be good, worthy goals, but they're just that. They're just dreams until we decide to jump into our dreams. Until we decide to take action and actually do something to see those dreams become a reality. In other words, really a dream doesn't do any good until... We put it in motion. When you think about it, Noah, he had a dream. You know what that dream was? That dream was to ultimately save the world from a flood. But that dream would have remained a dream until he made a decision to build an ark. You think about Abraham. Abraham had a dream to be the father of a great nation. But it would have only remained a dream until he decided to make a decision to leave his comfort, his security, his home, and literally go out in faith to pursue a country, to go to a place of the unknown. When you think about Moses, Moses had a dream of leading the people who had been living in Egypt, living in slavery for some 400 years, but yet it was just a dream until he made a decision to go and actually confront Pharaoh. You think about Jesus. Jesus actually invited his disciples to come and to follow him. But those disciples, as much of a cool idea that was, It would have only been a dream in their mind until they decided to let go of their nets. Until they decided to literally walk away from their careers to actually follow 
Jesus for the adventure of a lifetime. When you think about Jesus, you remember when he, he actually called Peter in that storm, that, that stormy night, when he was in the boat with the other disciples, and when Jesus invited Peter to come and to join him on the water. Imagine that. It could have only been a dream in Peter's heart to get to walk on water and experience that miracle. But it didn't become a reality until Peter made a decision to get out of the boat. Many of us in this room, we have a desire. We have this, maybe this, this prayer that we have been praying for a long time that God would do something different in our life. That God would do something different in our marriage. That God would do something different with our family. Really our family tree in the sense of maybe letting go of the past. Maybe breaking the dysfunction of what was related to the past. And maybe establishing a new plan and purpose. A better future that God has for you and for your family. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe you've had a desire to be able to get out of the, the pressure and really the slavery, if you will, of being in bondage to debt. But you've desired to want to live in freedom so that you can be freed up to do more of the things that you long to be able to do. You see, all those things can be great and be good in aspirations, but at some point we have to make a decision. But here's the thing. It's one thing to make a quick decision. It's another thing to make a right decision. To do what we know that God is calling us to do. To do what we know what God has put in front of us. And at some point, we have to take that dream, that desire, that goal, that, that aspiration. At some point, we have to take it and we have to decide to act upon it. And so today, what I want to do for a few moments is I want to share with you something very, very practical to help you in this area of decision-making. Because at some point, we have to ask the question, is it something that I want to do? Is it really something that God wants to do in and through my life? Again, it's either my dream or it's God's dream being fulfilled in and through my life. Is the dream for myself? Is it for my own personal benefit? Or is it a dream... That God desires to live through my life so that my life in the here and now can actually make a difference that's going to last for eternity. Because of the way that this dream will be able to help impact the lives of other people. You see, there is a framework, there is a series of questions that I believe that God has made clear through his word. That we can ask ourselves as we ask him to give guidance and direction when it comes to jumping for our dreams. But can I give you some words of encouragement today? Anytime you step out in faith, you get out of the boat, you jump out of the plane, anytime you step forward in faith and you make that decision to go for it, to do what you know what God is leading you to do, here is the promise. The good news is you don't do it alone. You know why? Because you are jumping in tandem with God on your back. Isn't that awesome to know? It's just like my friend that was with me that day. He was a professional instructor. Can you imagine having that as your day job? 
Can you imagine being a professional skydiver where you get up every day and you go skydiving? In other words, that's how you make your living. That's what this guy did. He literally had thousands of jumps under his belt. And so therefore, when he strapped on to me, man, it gave me that reassurance. It gave me that peace of mind. In fact, I was asking him a lot of questions. I was saying, what happens if the parachute doesn't work? He said, I got you. I'm like, how do you know you got me? What does that mean? We're 13,000 feet in the air. What do you mean that? What do you mean you got me? What happens if the first parachute doesn't work? He said, well, we got a backup. I said, well, what happens if that one doesn't work? He said, that's why you're wearing that leather helmet. He said, just try to find a soft spot to land. <laughs> but you know, when we jump out in faith and we do the very thing we know that God is leading us to do, God has our back. God is jumping with us because it's his dream that he wants to see fulfilled in our lives. And so therefore, we don't have to go it alone. With God, all things are what? Possible. So God can do what we could never ever do on our own. But as long as we step out in faith and we pursue God's dream for our lives, God is with us and he's for us and he will help us see it become a reality. Now, it may not happen the way we'd like for it to. It may not happen in the timing that we hope that it might take place. As we talked about during week one, there's always a dream. And then there's the decision. And then after the decision, there's typically a delay. And after the delay, then often what happens, there's some difficulties involved that we didn't see coming. And through the difficulties, sometimes we even face a dead end. But just before we throw in the towel and quit and walk away from the dream, God is in the business of delivering. He's the one who parts the Red Sea. God is the one who brings those dreams to fruition. So God has our back. He's jumping with us, but we have to trust him every step along the way. So if you need wisdom, which we all need when we step out in faith to do what God is calling us to do, to make those decisions in our lives, no matter what it is, we need wisdom. And where does wisdom come from? Look at James chapter 1, verse 5. In fact, I encourage you to jot down some notes today. This is one of those messages you're going to want to make sure you capture. And I'm so thankful that we have a lot of our life groups that are working through a lot of these questions and working through these experiences together because we're just going to learn and grow together. But in James chapter 1, verse 5, it says it this way. James says, and if anyone longs to be wise. Anybody want to be wise in this place today? Let me see. Anybody, anybody wants? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. We all want to be wise. Here's the secret. If you want to be wise, ask God for wisdom. And he will give it to you. And I love this. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Aren't you thankful that when we make those mistakes, when we, which I'm guilty of, we've all made those dumb, what was I thinking mistakes, right? We've all made those. And we will continue to make those kinds of mistakes. But hopefully after today's message, we'll make fewer of them, right? But at the end of the day, aren't you thankful that God extends his grace? His generous grace. In other words, he's the God who's a God of second chances. 
So even though we may have made some mistakes in the past, even though there's some failures that we're guilty of, God is not going to hold that over us. If anything, what he wants us to do is to learn from our previous mistakes and failures so that we become wiser and we learn to look to him and we learn to seek his wisdom and we learn to follow him so that we avoid making the same mistakes that perhaps we were guilty of making in the past. So the key is asking God for wisdom. So let me give you some principles today when it comes to making the right decisions for your life. No matter what it is, no matter what it is that you're pursuing, no matter, no matter what it is in your heart that you long to see become a reality, here are some questions and here are some things that I think will help us. Number one is this, we have to pray for guidance. So therefore, anytime you find yourself in the fork of the road, you just need to ask for God's perspective. You need to seek Him. You need to seek His wisdom. You need to ask God because that's where wisdom comes from. Wisdom comes from God. In Proverbs 28, verse 26, it says it this way. Self-confident know-it-alls will prove to be fools. But when you lean on the wisdom from above, you will have a way to escape the troubles of your own making. Isn't that awesome to know? That even in our indecision, even though in our questioning and our doubting, when we're questioning ourselves, whether we're, whether we're even wondering if what we're doing is the right thing, aren't you thankful that we can go to God and we can get his perspective and we can come to him in a spirit of humility and openness and say, God, lead me, show me, speak to me as I am pursuing this decision in my life. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says we have not because we ask not. And oftentimes I'm convinced that a lot of people see prayer as a last resort rather than seeing prayer as our first response. And that's the reason why we like to set aside 21 days of prayer. You know, in January, we do the same thing in August. And it's, it's really an opportunity for us just to kind of push pause before we do anything. We just pursue God. We seek his face. We seek his wisdom. We get clarity on what it is that God wants us to do. Some of you, maybe you grew up in a Catholic church. And maybe you grew up in a church or maybe your background is such to where... During Lent, between now and Easter, this is a season, this is a time, you know, where you are basically setting aside moments of reflection and maybe you're just seeking and you're preparing yourself to receive whatever it is that God is leading you to do. The main thing is this, anytime when we make a decision, we need to always seek God. We need to pray for guidance. I heard something, actually I read something this morning in, in my devotional, I thought this was so good. The urgent speaks or shouts, if you will. The urgent shouts and the important whispers. The urgent shouts and the important whispers. So at some point, we need to make sure that in, in the midst of all the noise and the chaos of life, we're still able to hear the whisper, the voice of God speaking to us in the midst of all of the craziness that the world is throwing at us. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs 3, verse 13. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. 
So some say to find wisdom, you must look for it, but to gain understanding, you must work for it. So it's important when it comes to praying for guidance that we ask this question. Here's the question we need to ask. I love the song that we sang a few moments ago. God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what changes do I need to make to improve our marriage relationship? God, what changes do I need to start making in order to get out of debt? God, what adjustments, changes do I need to make to begin preparing for transition, maybe from this job to the next, to whatever it is that we want to pursue that we know is moving us towards God's dream for our life, God, what is it that you want me to do? It starts by praying and asking for God's guidance. So the second thing is this. Not only do we need to pray for guidance, but we also need to get the facts. We need to get the facts. In Proverbs 18, verse 13, it says it this way. How stupid to decide before knowing the facts. So just because... Somebody has this great idea or just because somebody wants to see change take place, at the end of the day, we also need to be prepared and realize there are some things that I need to know before I take this important step. Before I make this change, there are some things that I need to keep into perspective. I like to call it this. A lot of people have something referred to as uneducated enthusiasm. In other words, they get all excited about something, but have you ever noticed that maybe other people aren't quite as excited as you are? (laughs) And and, and maybe what happens is, is out of our passion and our excitement and our enthusiasm, maybe what happens is we take a step before we are fully prepared because we didn't get the facts that we needed to know and understand. And that's the reason why, in fact, according to... um, the Department of Labor and Statistics. I read this the other day. It was mind-boggling to me. Did you know that 90% of all businesses fell within the first year? And out of, listen to this, out of the ones that actually survived their first year, listen to this, 90% of those who survived their first year actually end up failing within the first five years of their business. Well, for those of you who are in the first five years of your business, I don't want to be a discouragement to you. I'm just simply saying a lot of people, they jump out, but they forgot to get a lot of the facts. They didn't quite realize what was going to be involved, what was at stake. In fact, same is true in many marriage relationships. Too many marriages, unfortunately, you know, they'll, get, they'll get married, but... Maybe they got married out of passion. They got married out of the feelings that drove them to that wedding decision. Or maybe they got married out of convenience. But here's the deal. The question is, did they get the facts? Did they really know who it was that they're actually saying yes to? Did they actually get the facts about what was going to be involved? The expectations and the responsibilities of what marriage is all about. And so... Yeah, we've all made those mistakes. We've all perhaps had that uneducated enthusiasm that we decided to do something. We were all gun hole about it, but all of a sudden we were hijacked simply because we failed to get 
the facts. In fact, in Proverbs 13, verse 16, is this, it says it this way. Every prudent and self-disciplined man acts with knowledge, but a closed-minded fool who refuses to learn displays his foolishness, listen to this, for all to see. So here's a good question to ask anytime you're in the process of making a decision. And that is this. What do I need to know? What do I need to know before I step out in faith and make this decision? The third thing that I think is important is this. We have to ask for advice. So we seek for guidance from God. After we seek guidance from God, we gather as many facts as we possibly can. And after we gather the facts, then we need to seek wise counsel. We need to seek advice and ask for advice from other, from other people. One of the things Michelle and I have always tried to encourage our kids as they are you know, pursuing different things in their life. I said, you need to find somebody who's doing what you want to do. And go sit down with them and ask them questions. Seek their advice. You need to ask them what they did. You need to ask them how they did it. And you need to also follow up and ask them why they did it the way they did. Those are three important questions to ask. What did you do? How did you do it? Why did you do it the way that you did? That's something that I've been doing for the last several weeks. As we've been gathering information, gathering facts with building contractors and talking about all the things related to our future building because I don't have a clue but at the same time I've been talking with pastors who have actually built buildings who have walked through this process before I've talked to uh, some contractors some guys who have been in the industry for many many years who are now doing consulting work for people like us that are friends of mine who've been gracious to extend just out of the benevolence of their heart saying let me give you some words of counsel here here is something you need to be aware of these are some facts that a lot of people miss when they're, when they're negotiating on certain things. These are details that a lot of people never think about when it comes to building something I don't care what it is you do, it's crucial. It is prudent. It's using wisdom to seek advice, to gain as much information, much knowledge, and wisdom as you possibly can. Listen, it is painful and it is extremely expensive and it takes an enormous amount of time. In fact, it may cost you precious time to try to figure things out on your own. But you can go further faster, save yourself from a lot of unnecessary pain and headaches and tons of money if you will just gain wisdom, seek advice, and take that kind of counsel from others who've been where you're trying to go. Does that make sense? So it doesn't matter. Listen, if you are desiring to get married, seek advice. Amen? Hey, if you're trying to get out of debt, Rather than just listening to all the credit card commercials trying to tell you to, well, hey, just transfer your balance over here to this new credit card over here. You'll get X amount of sky miles as a result. Well, who cares? What I want to do is get out of debt. 
So you need to seek wisdom from people that will help you say no to the good things so you can say yes to the best things. That's so important. And so when we're thinking about questions, when we're thinking about seeking advice, the Bible says in Proverbs 20 verse 18, if you solicit good advice, then your plans will succeed. So you need to ask yourself the question, who can I talk with? Who in my life do I know who is maybe already doing what it is that I desire to do or what it is that I need to do? Who in my life can I seek wisdom and advice from? The fourth thing that's important for us to realize is this. Not only do we need to seek God, not only do we need to get the facts, not only do we need to ask for advice, but we also need to calculate the cost. We need to calculate the cost. In other words, there is a price tag with every decision that we make. It's going to cost us time. It's going to cost us money. It's going to cost us energy. It's going to cost us perhaps our reputation. Because I'm telling you, when you decide to step out in faith and pursue whatever it is that God has led you to pursue, you just need to know there's a price. And we have to know and understand what that decision is actually going to cost us. In Proverbs 20, verse 25, it says it this way. Be careful in making a rash promise before God, or you may be trapped by your vow and live to regret it. As I stated at the very beginning, hey, it's one thing to make a quick decision. It's another thing to make the right decision. One of the things that I've learned the hard way, uh, I, and you probably have experienced this as well, when anytime you're working with people, around people, a lot of times people will pressure you or they'll kind of position you, kind of put you in a spot, if you will, where they're pressing you to get an answer to a question. So they'll throw, throw something out there and say, hey, uh, do you give me permission or this, to, to do this? Or, or hey, tell me, tell me, what do you want me to do about this? And I've learned, rather than being quick to give them an answer, especially if I don't know 100% of what the answer is, I always will say, let me get back to you. And here's what I've learned. What I've learned is that if I just give it a little bit of time, either that person who had this urgent need, all of a sudden it's no longer as urgent as they once thought it was, and it will just go away, or it gives me the opportunity to think through it, to maybe get some counsel if I need to, and to come back to them with the right answer that will help them accomplish what needs to be accomplished. You know, your kids may ask you those kind of questions. Your spouse may ask you those kind of questions. A coworker may ask you those kind of questions. And you may not be in a place to be able to answer, but here's just a good rule of thumb. Just say, hey, I'll get back to you. But once you regather, then you can respond to them. Because again, a quick decision is not necessarily the right decision. So it's important that we realize that there is a cost to everything that we do. You probably can relate to this. It's much easier to get in something than it is to get out of something. That deserves a big amen. 
It's easier to get in debt than it is to get out of debt. It's easier to get out of shape than it is to get in shape. Yes. Okay, now, now I'm starting to hit closer to the nerve here. It's much easier to fill your calendar than it is to fulfill your calendar. It's always easier to get in something than it is to get out of something. Much easier to get into a marriage than it is to get out of a marriage. And so it's important that we realize that there is always a cost. We have to calculate the cost. Remember when Jesus had the conversation with the people who were his fans. They were the groupies. They followed him everywhere he went. Until Jesus called them out and said, Hey, any of you that wants to be my follower must take up your cross daily and follow me. You remember that? All of a sudden, he began to kind of separate the sheep from among the goats. He, he began to separate those who were just the wannabes, the, you know, the groupies, the fans from his true followers. And here's what he said in Luke 14. He said, so don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. For who would construct a house before first sitting down to estimate the cost to complete it? Have you ever heard of a commander who goes out to war without first sitting down with strategic planning to determine the strength of his army to win the war against a stronger opponent? So remember, there's always a price tag. So the question we have to ask ourselves is this, is it worth it? Is it worth it? The fifth principle is this, we have to prepare for problems. You're all familiar with Murphy's Law, right? If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. And there's a lot of truth to that. Because every good idea has problems associated with it. But just because something has problems doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't pursue it. It just simply means that it's going to have problems. There are going to be unexpected situations and circumstances that maybe you didn't think about, like marriage, or like committing to a purchase, or pursuing a new career path, or a new job opportunity. There will always be situations that on the outside looking in, it looks awesome, but once you get in, once you get on the inside, once you pursue it, you begin to realize that, hey, this is different than what I thought it was going to be. All that simply means is, is that, you know what, we have to calculate the cost. And as we calculate the cost, we have to prepare for problems and troubles and trials and challenges ahead. We have to be aware and we have to prepare. Here's what the scripture says. Jesus even said, in this world, you will have troubles. We live in an imperfect world. But hey, aren't you thankful that even though we live in an imperfect world and there are imperfect situations and circumstances, we still serve a perfect God? And it's important for us to keep that in perspective. Proverbs 27 verse 12 says it this way, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So you just need to realize there's a big difference between preparing for a problem and solving a problem. 
If you're one of these type of people who has to have all problems solved before you step out in faith and actually do what God wants you to do or do what you know is the right thing to do, well, that's never going to happen. In other words, if everything's got to be perfect before you actually step out and do something, then why do you need faith? Why do you even need God? So here's the thing that's important for us to realize. There may always be a reason to say no, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not the season for you to say yes that God is leading you towards. Did you get that? There may be a reason to say no, but it might be a season that God has positioned you for to say yes. He's just simply, simply trying to help you understand that as you step out and pursue my will, pursue my dream for your life, as you do the right thing, just be prepared. Be aware that there are going to be challenges that perhaps you didn't foresee. So that's just using wisdom. Is this helping anybody? We have to realize that decision-making is crucial. Why? Because our decisions determine our destiny. Our choices determine our character. And it's the reason why we find ourselves in the place that we're in, in our culture, and in our society, because everybody just says, I'll figure it out as I go. Or I'll just do what is right in my own eyes. Without ever considering, what does God want for my life? What is God's plan? What is his perfect? What is right in the eyes of God? What is the right, honorable thing for me to do in the eyes of God? What is his good, pleasing, and perfect will? Well, you know what? I have to seek for that. I have to pursue that. I have to get wisdom. I have to get advisors. I have to seek what is honorable and right and true and factual. I have to make plans and preparations so that when I jump out of the plane, I know somebody has got my back and that person is God because he is jumping in tandem with me. I'm not going alone. So this takes wisdom for us to position ourselves for success because God wants us to succeed, but we can't do it apart from him. So we have to ask ourselves the question, what could go wrong? What happens if the parachute doesn't work? What could go wrong? And the last principle is this. We have to face our fears. We have to face our fears. Listen, fear at the end of the day is the root of all indecisions. And I, I'm confident that for many of us here in this room, we're afraid to make some changes in our life. We're afraid to do some things that we know we could do, should do, we ought to do. But for some of us, we have yet to make some of these changes or decisions in our lives simply because either we're just waiting for the perfect situation or we're waiting you know, for the perfect conditions. But the problem is, is that those conditions, those situations and circumstances, they're not going to happen. The Bible says, Ecclesiastes says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get around to doing it. 
There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be hard step, uh, hardships. There's always going to be challenges and things that come against us. But in the process of pursuing God, we have to become, listen, we have to be aware that fear and fear alone can be the very thing that keeps us from moving forward and keeps us from ultimately reaching that dream that God's placed in our hearts. So here's what the scripture says. The scripture says in Romans 8, 31, if God is for us, then who can be against us? You know what the antidote to fear is? Here's what it is. It's faith. And at some point, like I said, the very beginning, we have to step out. We have to get out of the boat so that we can experience the miracle that God has for us. But we got to be willing to say no to the fears that are holding us back. I was reading in my devotions this morning something that really stood out to me. After 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, listen to this. The children of Israel literally were on the banks of the Jordan. Moses had just been given his final orders. And he was getting ready. God, And so here is... In this moment, before he is going to basically go home to be with God, he is giving his people the final instructions. But there is a tribe known as the tribe of Reuben and the tribe of Gad who saw the land that God had promised. And again, they had wandered for 40 years. And here they were literally on the brink. They could see it in the horizon. But Reuben and Gad... They approached Moses and they said, hey, we know that that's the land that God had promised. We know it has amazing things. But where we're at right here, there's some lush green pasture land that would be great for our livestock. And you know what they did? They decided to settle. Rather than, after all of that effort and time, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, just literally steps away from the inheritance that God had for them, they decided to settle for second best rather than going for God's best in their life. I just want to challenge you today. Whatever you do, don't settle. Don't settle for second best. Go for God's best. But in order to do that, we need to make wise decisions and make sure that we are fully prepared so that when we cross the other side, we'll be ready for whatever it is that God has next. Because there may be some delays. There may be some difficulties. There may be some dead ends. But I promise you, if we will pursue and persist in faith, what God has called us and led us to do, He will bring a deliverance through our lives. And we're going to unpack that more and more next week. So I just want to throw this challenge to you today. Some of you are in this room, and I don't know what it is, but maybe there's just that fear that's holding you back. For some of you, some of you, listen to this. You've been thinking about, you've been talking about getting baptized, and for whatever reason, you know what? You've said, I'm just going to wait. You know, I want, my, I, want some, I want this person, I want my family to be here, and I want this, I want that. Well, guess what? Chances are, 
all those things may not line up perfectly. Why not do it today? We're having baptism here in a few moments in the lobby. It's raining outside. But guess what? You're going to get wet anyway. So why not take that step of faith? Why not obey God? Why not just let go of your fear and just go for it in faith? And let that be a testimony today. Let that step of obedience, demonstrating your faith public before others, be a witness before everyone today that, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Week after week, I see people that will raise their hands saying, hey, I prayed that prayer. I invited Christ into my life, Pastor. But my next question would be, have you been baptized after you've given your life to Jesus Christ? Today's the day. Maybe it's the area of giving. Maybe it's the area of you taking the initiative as a husband or as a wife to sit down with your spouse and say, hey, let's make some changes today. What if this or what if they? doesn't matter. Let's move forward in faith. Let's jump toward our dream. God's got our back because he's jumping in tandem with us. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, can I just ask you today that whatever it is that God is speaking to your heart about, would you just simply ask the question, God, what do you want me to do? God, what is it that you want me to do? What step do I need to take? What decision do I need to make? What change needs to take place in my life? And whatever that is, can I encourage you today to ask God to give you the strength, to give you the confidence, and to give you the courage to do what it is that you need to do. For some of you here today, it's initiating that conversation. It's sitting down with your spouse and writing out your dream for your future and for your marriage, for your family relationships. Maybe it's seeking out an advisor. It could be a financial advisor or coach. It could be somebody that could speak into your marriage situation. It could be getting parenting advice. It could be getting somebody who's been where you're trying to go and who can help you walk through the decisions, the process of pursuing God's dream and greater purpose for your life. For some of you, it's making that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you've been flying solo your whole life. You've been making decisions on your own. You've been living life 
for the temporary, for the here and now, really just kind of living somewhat of a self-guided, self-directed life apart from God. And it's time today to put him behind the driver's seat, behind the, the driver's will of your life. It, it, it's time for you to get in the back seat and it's time to put God in the front seat of your life. And today, if it is your need to put your faith and trust in Jesus to make him the Lord of your life, would you be willing to pray this prayer and would you be willing to invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life today? You can pray something like this. And if you're online, listen, watching, you can pray this prayer as well. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And today, by faith, I invite you into my life. To forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. If you happen to have prayed that prayer just then, would you let me know? Would you just be willing to hold up your hand high toward, toward heaven today saying, Hey, count me in. Count me in. I just prayed that prayer and invited Christ into my life. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Well, I have a follow-up question and I'll end with this. Some of you that just raised your hand acknowledging that you just prayed that prayer and just made life's greatest decision. My next question is this. Are you willing to step out in faith? Are you willing to own that decision and demonstrate that, de that decision publicly through water baptism? Jesus died publicly for you. And my question today is, what would hold you back? What would keep you from demonstrating your faith in that decision by following Christ's example to be baptized? Getting baptized doesn't save you. Jesus is who saves you. But what baptism does, it is an outward expression to demonstrate an inward change that God has made possible in your life. And so today, if it is your desire to be baptized, if it is your desire to take that important step of obedience and to courageously and boldly proclaim your faith through water baptism, well, I want to extend the invitation to you. In just a few moments when I begin to pray, I'm going to invite you just to simply stand up from where you are. You may want to turn to your spouse or turn to a friend or somebody you're sitting next to and say, hey, would you be willing to walk back there with me? And what we're going to do is we're going to have some folks that are going to be in the lobby ready to receive you. There's a table. There's a banner that says, I have decided. All you need to do is just walk to that banner, walk to that table. We'll give you a towel. We've got all the necessities that you need. We've got a t-shirt for you. We've got everything for you. And this is an opportunity for you to make the greatest decision that you could possibly ever make. Father, we thank you today for what you've done. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for its relevancy. Thank you for the practical side of your word, how it helps us in our everyday lives. I know that many are in this place today processing a lot of decisions. There's a lot of things that are on the table, a lot of things that they're working towards. Some are experiencing challenges and difficulties, and some are Maybe still in that fork of the road trying to decide what it is that you would have them do. 
God, I pray that you give them wisdom. God, give them guidance and direction. And for those of you who are desiring to be baptized today, I just want to invite you right now, just while our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, as I'm praying, just go ahead and grab your things, stand up from where you are, and make your way back towards the lobby, and we'll receive you in just a moment. Father, we pray for the offering that we're about to take today as well. The Lord will be faithful in our giving. That God will give you what belongs to you, God. We realize that, Lord, everything we have has come from you. God, you are the, you are the owner. We are the stewards. And so today we just give back to you a percentage. We give back to you a portion, God, out of gratitude, out of thanksgiving. God, just simply out of, out of the goodness of our hearts, God, we're saying, God, we want to partner with you. God, we want to worship you. God, we want to put you first in every area of our lives. So, Father, I, t- I pray that today, that, Lord, that whatever decision that we need to make, that, Lord, we will be faithful in those decisions. Thank you for all that you've done. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.